plug it up, plug it up. Hello, everybody. This is Movies to be Murdered by, and we are discussing Carrie, the 1976 original. I am Jesse Drew, your co-host, alongside Jeff Watson, my brother, my friend, my movie uh, companion always. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing good. I um, It had been years since I had watched this, so it's um i'm i'm glad that uh i had a chance to rewatch it because there are definitely some things that i picked up on this time that uh upon the last watch i didn't pay attention to so oh i can't wait to hear what those are um does this rank as does carry 1976 does it rank like on any of your like best of or top favorite movies lists at all it for me um if i were if i'm doing a top 10 list uh-huh it's in my top 10 oh sure. really oh yeah for sure yeah very cool same here yeah same here yeah. and we are in good company because uh the master quentin tarantino um has it in his top eight or top 10 i forget which one it is but yeah it's in his top 10 like perfect movies list um yeah. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's a million other directors and actors and actresses that we know that also counted up there. Um, So, yeah. So, everybody, we are talking about 1976's Carrie, directed by Brian De Palma, the master. Um, Let's get right into the body count. The body count for this movie, it depends on who you talk to. Survivors of the fire or (laughs) or or, uh, you know. Well, we can't, you can't talk to people who didn't survive, obviously. <laughs> anyway, um, it's about 73 people. It's said that 73 people perished um, on prom night. Um, the budget for this movie was $1.8 and that was giving a lot um, to Brian De Palma. Um, the movie studio did not... I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how to put it, but like... It was passed around between a few movie studios. I think United Artists ended up landing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were like, cool, we'll make it for only this amount of money. So make it happen, Brian De Palma. Um, Just to put into context, $1.8 million is the equivalent of about $9 million today in today's bucks. Um, The box office... The joke was on everybody because the box office brought in $33.8 million, um, which in our money, in 2022 money, I should say, um, is about $170 million. So, yeah, so this is the equivalent of a $9 million uh, movie bringing in $170 million, which is pretty amazing. It also landed... um, Academy Award nominations for Sissy Spacek, who played Carrie, and for Piper Laurie, who played Margaret White, Carrie's mom, um, for uh, Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. They did not win, which is a shame. Um, It seems like that year at the Oscars, this movie Network kind of like swept a lot of the categories. So the actresses um, for that movie won. Um, over the actresses for Carrie, but it was a huge leap, Jeff, 
for horror movies, for the horror genre, because as we all know, the Academy tends to dismiss and not, you know, not choose horror movies for any of its nominations, typically. Um, so this was kind of like a big deal at yeah. the time. Um We'll do a quick rundown of the film. Um, basically, uh, we chose this movie for our final installment of November's Vengeance is Mine theme because Carrie is, among other things, a revenge story. So the story goes, Jeff, I will retell it to you because I know that you um, love hearing a retelling of the story. Um, basically, Carrie White is unpopular, very much picked on, uh, bullied girl in high school, senior year. Um, the movie opens up with this um, volleyball scene. They're playing volleyball in gym. Carrie misses the ball, loses the game, and they all like taunt her. Uh, Norma, one of the girls, even hits her with her red baseball cap. Uh, then we fast forward into the locker room scene, which I, I I don't know. I still don't know how to feel about this scene. I mean, it's beautiful. Everything about this movie is beautiful. And it's gruesomeness. It's still beautiful. Um, De Palma shot the opening, I'm sorry, shot the second scene in the girls' locker room, lots of nudity, but in this sort of slow motion, um, hazy looking uh, lens. And I mean, it looks gorgeous. I just, you know, as a girl, I don't really need to see a whole bunch of naked girls, but okay. Um, Carrie gets her period in the shower and has no idea what's happening to her. Um, we find out later that her mother has not had the birds and the bees talk with her. She hasn't given her not even like the first bit of information about her own anatomy, which is very helpful um, <laughs> to nobody. And Carrie freaks out, rightfully so. She thinks she's dying. She rushes at the girls in the locker room with her hands outstretched, covered in blood. And uh, that is a nice little uh, preview of what's to come. Spoiler alert, we will be discussing the ending of the movie. So if you haven't seen Carrie, definitely give this one a watch, pause the podcast, come back to us. Um, it's an amazing movie. I'm wearing my Carrie shirt today, Jeff. I don't know if you... That's right. Yeah, we you got to represent. Um, got to represent. And so anyway, so they make fun of her and start chanting the song that I was singing at the beginning, plug it up, plug it up. All the girls, they're throwing tampons, maxi pads at her and jeering at her. And meanwhile, she's getting more and more hysterical. The gym teacher, Miss Collins, comes out, um, has to like slap Carrie. Like they, I think like Jeff in the 70s, I think like people thought you had to slap a hysterical woman to get her to calm down. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. It happens in uh, it happens in airplane. <laughs> it does. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, they all line up to yeah. slap the lady. Yeah, there there were quite a few slaps in this, and I was like, um, yeah, I can I can tell when this movie was made because <laughs> definitely not today. Not that it was okay then, but 
my goodness, <laughs> there were a lot of slaps, and those that, those scenes wouldn't be in in film right now. So no, and there's a lot of shoulder grabbing too, with like yeah. Miss Collins like grabbing, you know. And anyway, yeah. so um, basically, it's a really good example of how the shower room scene, the locker room scene, is a really good example of how awful and how nastily like she gets bullied. She just it is just open season on Carrie White pretty much all the time. Um, so uh, Miss Collins goes to tell the principal, the principal lets Carrie go home soon. Okay, she goes home to her mother and we get the first glimpse of the hellscape that is the White household. It's dark, it's ugly, it's scary. Uh, Margaret White, Carrie's mom, is abusive beyond belief. She's, um, I mean, Piper Laurie does an amazing job because I believe that this woman's real. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Did, I don't know how you, how you felt about her, Jeff. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely felt that, you know, there, well, there's a, there's a lot that I want to, we'll keep going, but there's a, there's a question that I want to ask you about all of that later on but me i have a question for you about i have a couple of questions about uh margaret white for you too um yeah. so we see the dynamic and carrie's household is completely dysfunctional there's a lot of um uh abuse um coming down the pike from uh, mrs white to carrie poor thing um she's she's just completely vulnerable to her mother and it's it's really sad so um Sue Snell, played by Amy Irving, um, is one of the girls that was in on the, you know, on the uh, plug it up party. We'll call it the plug it up party, yeah. um, the locker room scene. And she feels genuinely bad. She feels terrible that she's, you know, done something really nasty to Carrie. So she gets with her boyfriend, Tommy Ross, who is like the captain of everything and, you know, cute boy and whatever. They're both very popular kids. She gets with Tommy and he seems to be a decent guy. And she tells him like, you know, please ask Carrie to the prom. I, she, you know, we've done this horrible thing to her. I think she really kind of, she kind of needs a win. She kind of needs a win here. So he does, he asks her and she puts him off, but finally accepts. She tells Miss Collins that she thinks that they're planning to play a prank on her. And, uh, you know, Tommy and Sue are not, they have genuinely good intentions. However, because of the, uh, the plug it up party, all of the girls that participated um, are having to do a detention, a gym detention with Miss Collins. And if they don't attend the detention, then they won't be allowed to go to the prom. So Chris Harginson, who is like the meanest of the bunch, decides she's not going to deal with it anymore and decides to, you know, um, not go to the Jim detentions, Miss Collins slaps her. There's another slap. Mm -hmm. um, she leaves the she leaves the uh, plug it up party girls and decides that she's going to get revenge on Carrie, even though Carrie really hasn't done anything at all to her. She's just a really nasty person. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so uh, Chris is planning with her boyfriend Billy Nolan, played by. John Travolta, eh, 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 anybody, anybody? 
which I I have to I have to interject here. I completely forgot that he was in this movie. <laughs> yeah, you will forget, right? Forget. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's not one of his, not one of the roles that that he's best known for, but he plays it so well, and you can kind of tell like this was his climb to you know to to his eventual stardom. So, yeah, it it was interesting because I was like, wait. I forgot that he was in this movie and you know and then he again you know with another slap um <laughs> he, he delivers a slap and i'm like geez man <laughs> i know right <laughs> yeah this uh he, this was his first movie that he made um he was still on welcome back hotter mm-hmm. and this was before his like meteoric rise to fame. It was, it was, it was just crazy. Um, They got him right before. Um, So, so their, their plan, um, which they do is to go slaughter a pig, drain the pig's blood into buckets, place the buckets above um, the stage um, at the auditorium where the prom will be held. Ensure that, Carrie and Tommy win king and queen of prom and then at any given moment when they're on stage accepting the award to douse Carrie in pig's blood um which I mean now that I'm saying it out loud and all the steps like damn these kids were creative you know like, yeah, that's, they, yeah. they're really twit like they, but the, the creativity that comes out of a twisted mind you know yes, yes. Like saw, like jigsaw. Yeah. You know? Like he was really creative, but that came from a bad place. A bad, <laughs> bad place in the most twisted and sadistic ways possible. Because I mean to to think about to to get to the point where you want to humiliate someone like that in that way in, in a public forum basically at you know something like prom uh which is already i mean just kind of going back in time you know for me and for us just thinking about you know what prom was like i mean you already have these emotions and you're nervous and you got to get dressed up and all these things and the last thing that you want is to have someone humiliate you in in front of all your peers so i mean and my goodness high school kids can be jerks um so yeah 200 percent agree with what you said um so it all unfolds it's sort of like fate right like it all unfolds in the movie as it will so that she will get the pig's blood dumped on her you know there's she's sort of her and tommy sort you know they they go on you know she she looks really beautiful um as opposed to the book in the book carrie is not only like an outcast for reasons of the fact that her family is an odd family and they're very like religious fanatical and she's an odd person but also in the book she is described as being fat or chubby like the words of the book not my words excuse me and home and like homely, like very like not attractive and just ugly. Um, I think maybe even pimples on her face. I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, in the movie, um, 
she's played by Sissy Spacek, who obviously is none of those things. You know, she's a very beautiful girl. And so you see Carrie looking one way before the prom and another way after the prom and after the prom, like, you know, I mean, like at the prom, she looks absolutely gorgeous, you know? Um, And De Palma, I mean, stand up and give the man, you know, a standing ovation because his, his like, the way he filmed the prom scene, and uh, I'll I'll be quiet in a minute, just wrap up the summary, but it's just amazingly beautiful. Everything is so beautiful. Even if you did go to that prom, like that specific prom looking, you know, slovenly, you'd still look nice because of the, the way that the camera and the lighting and the decorations, everything is just amazing. I mean, the movie is... Um, you know, a treat to watch from top to bottom, but the center of the candy is at the prom. It's so gorgeous. Okay. Anyway, so, um, Carrie and Tommy share a dance. He kisses her. She really feels like accepted. Um, she looks beautiful. Um, like I described, everything looks great, uh, at the gym and they are, um, they are announced king and queen of the prom. They get to the stage everything's going wonderfully. The, the applause seems to go on forever. Carrie just looks like she's ecstatic and like, she just can't even believe it. Um, and Tommy looks very happy. And then, you know, all heck breaks loose. Um, the bucket of pig's blood is dumped on her and just everything stops, you know, and, and everybody is holding their breath because they just can't believe what they're seeing. All it takes is one person to start laughing. Um, and Carrie begins to see that the whole, I want to say audience, cause it is kind of an audience. It's just, you know, everybody at the prom staring up at her. She sees that they're all laughing at her and, the bucket falls down and hits Tommy on the head just so, so that he's knocked out. Now, this is where the movie gets, you know, like, you know, gets its sort of, um, gets its wings um, in terms of the horror. Carrie um, has telekinesis. We are shown at the sort of like, eh, kind of towards the beginning of the movie. Um, Seems like with the onset of her period, her powers come into being and she starts closing in all of the doors so that kids can't get out. She busts all the lights. Everything turns red. She takes out a fire hose and starts hosing kids down fire. Literally fire breaks out behind her. Um, She drops electric cables into the water on the floor and electrocutes people. Um, Miss Collins gets killed she is cut in half Mm. by a wooden frame of some sort that carrie drops i don't think i don't know if she does it on purpose but in in any case she she drops this stuff and miss collins screams out her name and she just gets chopped right in half um chris hargenson and billy nolan had managed to get out because they they ran out at right after the bucket was dumped um i guess for fear of getting caught by teachers and whatnot um And Sue, who had gone there just to kind of check in and make sure that everything was going well, had been like thrown out by Miss Collins just before all hell broke loose. loose. Um, 
Carrie basically murders everybody or as many people as she can. Um, you know, in the gymnasium, she walks home. Uh, Chris Harginson and Billy Nolan see her walking and try to run her over. And instead she flips the car over a few times and makes it explode and they die. And she goes home and washes herself off. All she really wants is her mom. She's, you know, back to being like, she kind of has her normal sympathetic, you know, um, lonely girl look on her face as opposed to like this, you know, crazy in the eyes, like murdering person um, look on her face that she had at the gym. She just wants her mom. She just yeah. wants her mom. She wants her mom to comfort her. Instead, her mom starts telling her a really perverse story that we can talk about later. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and then she stabs Carrie and she could, like tries to kill Carrie. She fall Carrie is like falling down and it's kind of scuttling back, trying to get a hold of anything. And her mom keeps coming after her with a huge butcher knife and and right when she's going to try to, you know, get at her, Carrie um, uses her telekinesis to stab her mom with a bunch of uh, sharp objects. Then she screams and sees what she's done. She grabs her mom, who's dead, and the both of them go into Carrie's prior closet, which is really a torture room. Mm -hmm. um, and the house caves in on them. Um, we then cut to... Sue Snell, who is sleeping in her bed, um, it's daytime and she's sleeping in her bed and she's having a dream that she is walking towards the White House where, where the White House was. It's just a bunch of rocks and a sort of like crudely fashioned cross that says Carrie White burns in hell. And she but she is there to leave flowers on this sort of memorial site for Carrie and just as she's putting the flowers down, we get one of the best jump scares in the history of horror. Carrie's hand, zombie hand, shoots up and grabs her bloody hand, grabs Sue's arm. And Sue wakes up, but can't really distinguish that she's not in the dream. And she's screaming. Her mother's there to comfort her, but she's still screaming. And you can just see that Sue has been completely traumatized, like top to bottom from this incident. And that's the end of the movie, guys. So, Jeff, I want to tell you about a couple of things. We know that this movie is widely considered a masterpiece. Um, mm -hmm. It got really good reviews um, from the major players in terms of film criticism at that time. Pauline Kael. Um, um, either Roger Ebert or Roger Ebert. Yeah. Roger Ebert gave it a good view. Um, a bunch of other people, they just all, you know, kind of like applauded De Palma and the story, which was the Stephen King story. I forgot to mention that it's his very first story and this is very, okay. Okay. Let me, let me back up a little bit. Stephen, this is Stephen King's first novel that was published and the first adaptation, the first of over a hundred adaptation of Stephen King's books into movies movies so it's just a really kind of it's got the word special written all over it um for lots of reasons especially for us horror hounds um it did take a bunch of years to kind of get made it was passed around a little bit um interesting to note that the casting took place 
um, Brian De Palma and George Lucas held like joint casting sessions. Um, Lucas was casting for Star Wars and De Palma was casting for Carrie. So a lot of the actors like read for parts in the other movie. Like they would have an actor, like, let's say like, I think his name was William Cat, the guy who plays Tommy. Yep. He auditioned for Luke Skywalker. Um, and they had, and then they had him audition for Tommy, the role of Tommy. And he got the, got it for the role of Tommy. So there's like kind of some back and forth. Carrie Fisher, um, I'm pretty sure had auditioned for the role of Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously became Princess Leia. Um, Piper Laurie, who played Carrie's mom, was actually kind of like retired. She was semi-retired, mostly retired from acting. Um, she came out of it to play this role. She thought the role was really was really such a good one that she was like, oh, cool. Um, Jeff, I have to tell you something. I think that the scariest part of the movie is the 50-minute det- gym detention that these girls had to do. Like honestly, as as a former athlete, as a person who served in the military, who's done a lot of physical activity, um, on my hardest days as an athlete, and the hardest days of basic training. I don't know that I had a foot put up my behind like those young ladies did um, during that because, I mean, they were, it was like basic training seeing them going through all of this stuff. And, I mean, you, 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 get, you get through, like, the physical part, but then there's the mental part, too. And, you know, then you got people getting slapped and yelled at and, I'm just like, man, you know, the, <laughs> are we punishing them or preparing them, you know, for battle or something? Because it's, I mean, it was, it was so intense, um, that, that whole sequence, but, um, you know, I, it goes to show again, how different times were because, you know, I can, I can remember, um, you know, having, having moments where we didn't get detention as, you know, going after school or things like that. We just get punished in gym and PE class. Um, I, I remember vividly having classes. I mean, not that, not that strenuous, obviously, but I remember having to run miles and run the bleachers and, you know, do all these different things um, because of because of, you know, a situation. I, I mean, I, I recall one where um, we had someone that um, there was a fight in, in the locker room. And. Yeah, we <laughs> we had to do a lot of running and up downs and burpees and you know all this stuff and it's just like oh and and by the way we had to do this too um we had to do bear crawls but where we had to do the bear crawls there were sand spurs 
So you're doing bear crawls through the sand spurs and you weren't allowed, we weren't allowed to pick the sand spurs out. Like you had to finish the bear crawls to fit, you know, to, we couldn't stop and be like, oh my God, this hurts and pull out the sand spur. It was like, no, you had to finish, but, and, and then you could pull them out. So, it and that was in gym class, not in the basic training. That was not in basic training. That was, that actually, was in gym class. Um, that, was uh, actually, that was actually football. Um, oh my! Um, but yeah, it it, it kind of took me back to some some times in football practice in high school and uh, and and some stuff in gym class. We had a another situation where um, we had a person throw a basketball at a young lady and no one would, uh, <laughs> I, the people that were involved would not own up to it. So the entire class got punished. All the boys got punished. That stinks. Uh. So, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of those situations where it's like, gosh, this, this stinks. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I was one of the ones that told, I said, listen, this is who did it. I don't want to have to do this. Right? Um, so yeah, they did. And, uh, that would have been me. It didn't matter. <laughs> All these years later, if, if I have former classmates that are listening and they're like, "I wonder who told." Who told? I will be the first to admit I am one of the ones who told. Uh, oh um, man! So I I still had to do suicides on the basketball court for you i still had to do a lot of running and push-ups and all of that my arms were jelly so thank you um but but yeah i mean it, it but it it just made me think about um how things used to be done because now i mean think about that now if if a gym coach or a teacher did any of the stuff that i mean forget about it they, they would be on the news they'd be canceled they would never work in you know education again and you know it, that's that's how it would happen but um but yeah th that scene was intense very intense very intense I, I i was like that right there is the real horror yeah. the gym did the detention with that the was, gym teacher and she's like she's like oh Two, three, four, one, two. I was like, no way. Yeah. No way. I yeah. would skip the prom. I'd be like, no, I, I can't do this. I'm really sorry, Carrie. <laughs> I'm really sorry yeah. about what happened, but I can't do this. Yeah. Like, you know, you know what? I'll get dressed up and I'll dance in my living room. <laughs> That's what I'll do. Like, I <laughs> totally <laughs> forget going to prom. I'll get dressed and, and dance in my living room. I, I have a question for you because you okay. bring up the, you bring that up. Who do you think, and I, and I hope I'm not stealing the question that you have, but who no, do you okay. think is the most despicable character in this? Oh, um, you know what? Like, you know, Chris Harginson, of course, is like the big bad, you know, her and John Travolta. Mm -hmm. um, they're the big bads. But honestly, um, in my opinion, the most despicable character is this teacher, their English teacher. Do you remember that scene where like he's the English teacher is reading a poem that Tommy Ross had submitted mm -hmm. and it's a really good poem. And then later on, he admits, I think, it, I don't know if in the movie, maybe just in the book, I don't remember, but um, he admits to Carrie that he didn't even write that poem. Right. Um 
and like this sort of very like I'll be honest with you if you be honest with me kind of a moment um but Carrie um is sitting like in the back row of the classroom and the teacher says well what do we think of his class and Carrie who clearly I mean she hides behind her hair you know yeah. <laughs> clearly never talks you know she said it's beautiful and this teacher starts mocking her and he was like oh what was that Carrie White it's beautiful and then he starts making fun of her he's just like it's beautiful and everybody's laughing except for Tommy of course he's like that's not funny you know and I just think that teacher is so freaking despicable because it's just so gross like it's gross enough that she gets picked on to pieces by the care class and then to boot she's got this like gross teacher you know making fun of her in front of the kids just giving them more ammo like yeah. i don't know what about you who's the most despicable to you that's a good call um i I feel like we're going to have to have a quick discussion about this, but the mother is so despicable to me. Yes. Because she, that should have been my answer. <laughs> because, you know, and, and I I don't shy away from this, but you know, I'm a Christian, you know, I'm I I grew up in a Christian home, went to church all the time, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm Catholic. And, I went, yeah. to, I went, you know, I spent half of my schooling years at Catholic school. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so, I mean, you know, we, we understand firsthand the role that religion has played in our lives and continue sure. to. Um, but I feel like, and, and what's, what's really, what really, made her stand out to me as like one of the most despicable is that she felt that character felt so real because there are people like that in the yep. world even today who will use religion in a way it, almost in a punitive sense um yeah. to to punish their children or family um for things that they've done um or shortcomings that they've had and it is it was really despicable because you know her locking her up in that prayer closet um you know when she got her period and she she's like oh my gosh you know you there you had to do something you know this why did this happen now she's blaming carrie for something that's biological yeah it has nothing to do with religion or her faith or anything like that so for her to use religion in that way and then for her at the end to you know tell us that story and you know and then to you know to say that she should have taken care of this a long time ago because she knew that this was going to happen and she's calling Carrie a demon and all this stuff. It, it just, it, it was so despicable and her, that character for me just gave me the creeps. Like it, like you can, I can watch a horror movie with a slasher and all of that stuff all day long. You give me a character like that, and that's the real horror for me. Because yep. 
that's that's someone that can actually exist and i feel like she should have won an award for that performance because i mean that performance was just so it, it just it just seeps into <laughs> i mean just into your brain like it it just it leaves lasting images in your brain of like what a parent the the role a parent can play in a child's life whether positive or negative and you know you can see that how she how she's been a parent to Carrie has had a lasting effect on how Carrie sees herself um because that I, I think a lot of that comes from her mother I think the fact that people see her as this weird outcast also comes from that. Uh, so, I mean, I just, I just feel like because of all of the things that she did, that to me makes her the most despicable out of, I mean, even, even over the, the, the jerks that did all made this plot up. I mean, this, yeah. to me, it just made her head and shoulders above them. I think that's a great summation, Attorney Watson. Um, now, I have a question for you, and this is getting kind of diving down deep into some sticky waters. Mm -hmm. I've read and watched um, clips of people, um, and I wish I had written down who, but like people involved with the movie and people just, you know, critics and whatnot, um, saying that margaret white carrie's mom was a was raped and that carrie is a product of rape mm -hmm. that when she gives that whole like soliloquy at the end about like you know your father this and you know mm -hmm. we prayed for strength and blah 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 um that she was actually raped and i have watched this movie like 10 hundred million times i've never picked up on that in that and that whole speech that she gives to Carrie. Um, I've picked up on a lot of like her, like Margaret's own confusion um, and self-hatred and like not wanting to give in to her natural, you know, natural impulses as, you know, a, a woman, a human being, um, we all have sexual impulses and, you know, as, as a wife and that, that sex was something to be denied at all costs but then but she but in that speech i don't hear assault i don't hear rape i i say that just from my from the way i've interpreted it and i'm asking i'm wondering it did i misinterpret this like because i think that it might be a like commonly held belief that carries a product of you know like sort of like an unholy union so to speak um, there's that illusion. And I just, I, it's 2022. I first saw this movie probably in like, probably like 94, like 1994. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time I'm hearing of this. Yeah. And that and, this is the first time that I'm hearing of that too. Okay. And I've read the book. I read the book like several times. Yeah. Um, I have a very poor memory, but I don't remember that. I feel like that would have I've always looked, I mean, as most people would, I think you've always kind of looked to see like, what is it that made this person do what they did? Like whatever, you know, Carrie, you know, 
light her high school on fire. We don't have to go too far back to see why she would do something like that. But in her origin story, so to speak, like, you know, her parents obviously figure a big part in it, like you were describing um, and, and how she sees herself. And okay. I just never, I'm just going to leave that there because I, I, and, and listeners like maybe you guys have a different take, you know, maybe you, maybe I'm just really blind to it, but, um, I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a, a valid theory. I just yeah. don't know that I ever picked up on that. And I, I would, I'll agree with you there. I, I don't think I've ever picked up on it. If anything, what I picked up from that, uh, and, and this is a theory that I had, um, I feel like with the father, I feel like they started out as having the best of intentions in terms of being, you know, good Christian people and, you know, being, you know, being wholesome and, and all those things and doing things the right way. She mentioned that the father was drinking. And I feel like with the drinking, that maybe led him down a path that turned him into something that she didn't initially someone that she didn't initially fall in love with um he became you know demonic in some ways um Mm. according to her and um it, it also made me think that maybe he possessed some of these abilities that carrie does um, I'm going to pause you right there. Okay. All right. It, in the book, if I'm not mistaken, it's mentioned about that telekinesis is a recessive gene, but on the women's side, like on, it would be on her mother's side. So like, so definitely Margaret White held the gene. Mm. Margaret White's mother, mother or grandmother was able, she was a fire starter, I think, or Oh, I can't remember exactly. She had some sort of talent like how, how Carrie has, you know? Okay. Um, and, but you, you would need, but to, to, to further your point, you would need a male carrying that gene for it to express itself in the offspring. Right. 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 So I think, I think that's what, and, and again, I mean, if, if our listeners, if you have a different view, if you have a different take on it, send us an email i mean hit us up let us know we we'd love to get comments and feedback um but yeah i i never picked up on that either so you're you're not alone in that okay i was like is this something everybody knew but me and i'm just dancing alone at the party (laughs) (laughs) to no music (laughs) no no, i i didn't pick up on that either so should margaret white be put in mom jail maybe mom death row I mean, she, she. I mean, we. There's got to be a mom jail somewhere for all of the awful moms in movies and books, right? And I think Margaret White needs. I think Margaret White needs to be handcuffed and and put away. Yeah. I I honestly like. I I would actually. I would uh, sentence her to death for sure. Yeah, I mean, she. Again, you know, there's there's protecting your child from the world and then there's um being a detriment to their success as a person um 
and and I feel like the way that she went about it was just it it just again it just is so it hurts to see that because you can you can see how naive Carrie is about everything it's so sad it's, it's honestly sad. it's so sad this movie to me um i know it's supposed to be scary when she like lights the high school up on fire for you know having mistreated her i never really i mean again guys i'm somebody who revenge movies are my favorite movies so maybe i'm not the right person to be talking about this but i never found that scary as when i was when i was much younger um, because I was so full of anger and et cetera, et cetera. When I was a teenager, I definitely like felt like a sort of like a gratification and a release of mm -hmm. Carrie, like getting her vengeance on, you know, on everybody. I felt like, yeah, you know, that's, that's why I wanted to watch the movie, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I always oh, felt very sad God. and like more like very disturbed by the rest of the movie, yeah. actually the scene where Carrie, and this is talking to the point that you just made, Jeff, like the scene where Carrie is talking to her mom, they're having dinner and she's going to tell her that she got asked to the prom, you know, and that she wants to go. She says like, I'm, I'm not like you, mama. I'm funny, but I want to, I don't want to be, I want to be like with the other kids. And she's trying to, and she said, she literally says like, mama, I want to try to be a whole person. And I mean, that right there, just, I mean, I have a lump in my throat right now. I mean, it's just, and then because right at that moment when she says that to her mom and she's like pleading in earnest, her mom takes her cup of tea and throws it in Carrie's face Yeah, and just, you know, and, and Carrie keeps trying. She like, she like keeps trying. And that's sad because if Carrie is not even flinching too much that her mom threw a cup of hot tea in her face, that means that to me, that means that this kind of thing has happened many times, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and she just keeps trying to convince her mom and her mom's like, Nope. And she's like, well, there's no more nopes in this house. I'm going. And then she tells her about her, you know, her telekinesis and stuff, but yeah, um, it's heartbreaking. I have a really hard time. I'm sure you do. And lots of other people do um, as a fan of this movie, but like, just have like, I have to fast forward the scenes where her mom like drags her on the floor and yeah. like the whole, that whole scene with the cup of tea. The When I watched it in preparation for our episode, I was like, this is the last time I watched this scene. I can't watch this scene anymore. Yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking, especially, I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. It, it becomes double heartbreaking when you have kids, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. you, you, you understand, you, you see that vulnerability, like literally right in front of your face when you're with your children mm -hmm. and to imagine somebody like abusing that is just too much. I don't yeah. know. That's, that's the sad and scary part to me of the yeah. movie. Um, on a lighter note, did you know that Friday the 13th and spoiler alert for Friday the 13th, <laughs> um ripped off the ending of Carrie that the that the filmmakers um I think they were just gonna leave the girl kind of like 
floating in that little canoe. Mm -hmm. And instead, they were like, no, we need something like more. And so they added Jason, a, a, you know, a young Jason Voorhees coming over the side and grabbing at her and then her waking up. That totally, the, even the filmmakers were like, yeah, that was totally inspired by Carrie. We knew we needed like a really good ending and like that was the best ending ever, like at that time. Um, so that I thought that was kind of, that was kind of cute, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. it was different enough that it wasn't just a hand popping out like zombie hand, you know. Mm -hmm. But that's it was kind of cute. Um, yeah. And how and how cute is little Jason Voorhees when he pops out of that light with that little deranged face of his. <laughs> and and mission accomplished because that that I know we're not talking about Friday the Thirteenth, but that scene is is so well done. And yeah, so I mean, it makes total sense. And they they kind of did it again. And Jason goes to hell. Oh, did they really? I've never seen uh, that. Okay, so spoiler alert. Okay. For Jason goes to hell at the at the very end, um, you see Jason's hockey mask laying on on top of the ground, and then all of a sudden you see this claw come up. That's Freddy Krueger's hand. And it pulls the mask down to hell. Yay! I love so, that. So yeah, so that's <laughs> so not, they they did it again. It worked so well that they said, "Hey, we gotta gotta replicate this." That song. ending was so nice. They had to do it twice. Had to do it twice. Yeah, that's right. Um, I wanted to share with you and our listeners that in the book there is a like obviously in the there's a lot of divergence, which is one of the reasons just in the structure of the of the content of the book and the movie the content is just structured differently it's it's still the same you know she still you know gets people at the prom and stuff but in the book carrie not not only destroys her high school and the people in it carrie walks home and is destroying the whole town she like <clears throat> she busts open the gas station and someone drops their cigarette and that whole thing goes up in flame like a fireball. She destroys almost the entire town goes up in flames or explosions while she's walking home, which is really bananas. Um, for lots of reasons, um, they they just they didn't end up doing the whole town like thematically and you know um, and for budget reasons. A um, couple of couple of genius moments I wanted to. <clears throat> Just quickly mention, um, genius moment, the piece of crepe paper that's slowly falling down past Carrie and Tommy's heads when they're on stage before Chris pulls the cord that tips the bucket of blood. Sue Snell is behind the scenes, like she's behind the stage and she's looking and she all of a sudden she realizes that there, there's a cord, like like a, a rope that's like jerking like along the side of the stage. And she's like, what the heck? So she follows it with her eyes and she's tracking it to the middle of the, you know, of the a stage above their heads. And she sees that there's a bucket there. And just at that moment, to in, in a genius moment, really the piece of crepe paper that, you know, they use for the decoration comes slowly, like, you know, falling down, right? Like between 
Tommy and Carrie so that it's understood to Sue and she's conveying this to us, what is going to happen? You know what I mean? She, 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 she has it in her head now, like, oh my God. And then in this amazing, genius, brilliant sequence, and I cannot like stress this enough. De Palma takes us I can't, it's like I almost can't get it out of my mouth because I, I, I love this scene so much where Sue has seen what's going to happen and she follows the cord down to where Chris and Travolta are and you see them in their shadows and they're slapping each other and he's drinking a beer and she's got the cord in her hand and she's trying to, and Sue tries to stop them. This is all happening in slow motion. And Miss Collins, the gym teacher, sees Sue. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. And she assumes that Sue is there to pull some sort of a prank or something because it's her boyfriend. You know, it's it's it was always a little suspect to Miss Collins that Sue would give up her boyfriend and her prom tickets so Carrie can have a good time. So she automatically assumes that Sue is there to cause mischief, to do something harmful. So she grabs Sue. And this is all being cut with, you know, uh, the people in the crowd clapping, Carrie waving and just just looking so happy. Tommy sees what's going on with Sue and he's kind of like, what? Okay, whatever. And the shadow of Chris Harginson and then a close up of Chris Harginson's lips, like licking her lips like she can't wait to devour this little treat that she has going on. And the whole time the music's getting faster and faster and faster. And Miss Collins finally, you see her like literally shove Sue out of the prom and close the doors. And at that moment, the pig's blood is dumped on Carrie. I mean, this sequence is brilliant. I mean, if for no other reason, this should be the reason it gets on everybody's like top 10 list, you know? Yeah. Um, but I just really wanted to uh, highlight that um, it's just everybody involved in making this movie did such a wonderful job. And um, Brian De Palma's vision <clears throat> is what honestly is what made this made Carrie's story, uh, you know, iconic. I hate that word, but it, but it is it's iconic and it's legendary. Like in the annals of history of the horror history. Carrie has a prominent place. She will always have a prominent place. This movie will always be a masterpiece of the genre, um, <clears throat> especially for sequences like that. Um, Jeff, is Carrie a role model? Oh gosh, <laughs> that's a that's an interesting question. Um, I, I would say I would say she's not a role model. Um. But I'm thinking about this as I'm answering. So my answer may change the next time we we talk about this movie or the next time we chat because, um, yeah, I, I think I think for for Carrie, she's obviously you know with what happened at the school and and everyone you know that died unfortunately um especially i think 
I think the one reason I, I can't say like I can't be like, yeah, she is, is because there were a lot of innocent people that caught that wrath too. Mm. Um and, and I guess the question that I had, the other question that I had for you talking mm-hmm. about that whole sequence is was she imagining the other people laughing oh you're such a you're so you're psychic because that's my that was my next question okay a same exact question does carrie yeah. imagine that the people are laughing at her in her kaleidoscopic lens view or are they yeah. actually laughing yeah i um, think i think in some way here here's my answer for it and then i want to ask you my answer is i think i think some of the people were but I think that a lot of what she saw was in some way justifying what she was about to do. Mm, interesting. Like I, I think I think some people definitely were laughing, but you can't just she couldn't just single people out, I don't think. It had to be this this big you know, it was, it had to be what it turned into. So hmm. I, I think that she was, you know, imagining some people um, laughing at her and in a, in a way to justify her, her turn from this innocent, naive girl to this vengeful, angry person that had to be like you know what enough is enough i'm not taking your crap anymore this is you know if i if i have to set the whole world on fire that's what i'm gonna do because all of you are laughing at me you know no one takes yeah. me seriously no one truly cares don't my and i think in some ways when she did that i honestly feel like the character was thinking, you know what? My mom was right. Yeah, I think probably, I think probably she, when she gets home, she says like, she says to her, she was like, mom, you, they laughed at me. Like you said, so, or something, something to that effect. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I totally see your point of view about that. And I think that that's definitely like, that's totally plausible. I tend to think that that kaleidoscopic view that she has, and I mean, it, it's, it's a really cool choice by, by De Palma to go with that. Yeah. Um, I like, like, <clears throat> I like when people play with things in movies, but that's certain, but, but when it serves the movie, you know what I mean? It kind yeah. of enhances your yeah. understanding of the movie. And I, what I understood was, it's like she just snapped. She broke and she split into like a million pieces when that happened because it was like the last straw and her mind just just split, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the kaleidoscopic view to me was kind of like representing that, like those fractures. And she's just seeing like through the lens of hurt, of being bullied of being punished of being abused 
she's just seeing through that lens. It doesn't really matter if they're laughing anymore, if they're, if they're laughing at her or not. Um, she's got a bucket of pig's blood dumped on her. And I think in the book, it's two buckets that get wow. dumped on, on her. Um, if I'm wrong about that, guys, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm just, just a human being. Don't make me get, you know, don't make me get crazy. <laughs> um, but no, but yeah, I, th I think she is, she was seeing what she expected to see, especially with Miss Collins. See that, that, I, I like, I wouldn't, I kind of like, wouldn't really care about like all of the kids because I sounds awful, but I mean, this is fiction. So we're just talking fiction here, not reality guys, but she, you know, even if you're, even if you're not like, ex like explicitly torturing or bullying a child, like in your grade, if you're not doing anything to stop it, you're really kind of implicit in that behavior, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I feel like even the, even though I thought it was really cool that she had um, Tommy's like nice friends, <clears throat> sorry, the nice couple, they were both kind of short, um, that they were really nice to her and the girl was talking to her and kind of like ooing and eyeing over her dress and stuff. Um, but you also have to look at it like, you know, even Carrie says at one point, like, they're more your crowd than mine. I don't even have, I don't even have a crowd. Like they're all nice to her and stuff. And I don't doubt that they were nice kids, but only after Tommy brought her to the prom, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that any of them would be nice to her. I don't know that they would be mean to her, but any of those nice kids would be really that nice to her. If she showed up to the prom by herself, you know, um, and just kind of stood in the corner, like, I, you know what I mean? Because yeah. they've had, they've had, their whole school lives to be nice to her and they haven't been, they've been nothing but cruel or they've just stood aside and let people be cruel. So I don't really feel bad for the kids, but I, the one person I, I, the two people I do feel bad for are Miss Collins and Tommy um, because Tommy obviously dies in that fire and Miss Collins gets chopped in half which, but if you're going to go, that's kind of a cool way to go, I guess. <laughs> it's like chopped in half, you know what I mean? Um, they they sincerely cared for her and they sincerely like took action to, to right the wrongs that had been done to her. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that it didn't matter anymore. She's just been, I mean, her mom regularly throws cups of hot scalding tea in her face. You know what I mean? Like she gets dragged on the floor by her hair and locked in a closet. Like, you know, this girl is like, I'm surprised she hadn't snapped before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I kind of feel like, um, is Carrie a role model? Like, no, but I definitely, especially I can say as a teenager, this is like my teenage self talking, like as a teenager, I definitely understood where Carrie was coming from. I didn't get, I didn't get like, really too bullied. I mean, everybody has like an instance where they, you know, get bullied one day or the other, you know, but I wasn't particularly singled out at all. But um, I did have a lot of similar, not the same, but similar problems at home that Carrie had. Um, and I didn't have telekinesis to help me get over it. Although I wish I had telekinesis. <laughs> I wish that I was like psychic ever since I was like a little, little girl. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there about this episode <laughs> um 
we're gonna we're gonna now do our ratings uh, system for you guys. We're gonna give our ratings on uh, Brian De Palma's Carrie, whereas we uh, evaluate the movie just based on everything we talked about um, this past hour, and we're gonna rate it one to five. One being uh, a poo poo party, and a five being an awesome party. <laughs> And then we ask each other uh, the movies to be murdered by tattoo uh, question as would you get a tattoo from this movie, any of its icons, any of its um, fonts, lettering, words, phrases from it, images from it, characters from it, would you get any of that tattooed on you? Jeff, uh, what should we do for Carrie? I'm kind of thinking that we should do five tampons because poor Carrie was, you know, the sole invitee to the plug it up party at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, Hey, why not? <laughs> yeah. So one to five tampons, Jeff, how many do you give 1976's Carrie? Five. Five. Okay. Five. It's a classic. I... Mm. It, it, it's, it's a classic and I think for me and maybe many others who love horror movies the way that we do, mm -hmm. you can definitely see how it influenced future movies. I mean, you already talked about the ending of Friday the 13th. Um, it, it in some ways, and I, I, I'm not a fan of this term, but elevated horror um, right. It it, it almost kind of introduced that concept in ways to me um, where it's you've you've got this story um, that goes beyond. I mean, they, they could have just done like this hour and 38 minute. You know, this young girl is just she snaps at the beginning and she does stuff throughout the movie. They could have done that and not given us the backstory to give us the sympathy for the character and all of that. They could have done the one, the one scene and she could have snapped after the, the shower scene. They didn't do that. They took a large portion of the movie to develop the story, to introduce us to characters, uh, to um, let us form an opinion on if we liked certain people or if we didn't. And then they introduced us to the horror elements and they sprinkled other elements throughout the movie that are, that are horror um but for me this is a classic it's a must watch if you're a horror movie fan uh so yeah i'm, I'm gonna give it five nice and the tattoo test see i i don't know what i would get in terms of a tattoo and that's that's the only thing like i i feel like in some ways this movie i mean because this is horrific um in some ways it's you know kind of too horrific especially with some of the the content uh and the, and the subject matter but uh, i don't know that I, I don't think i would get a tattoo um you know i, I don't think i would but you know I, I think i can understand people getting a tattoo of it and i i have to turn it around to you because i want to know if you uh, first, I want to know your your rating, and then I want to know if you would get a tattoo because I'm, I'm curious to know if you were to get one, what would you get? Oh, nice. Um, 
I would also give it five tampons. This movie is perfect. Um, it really is. It has some humor in it. We didn't get a chance to talk about that. Otherwise, it would be like a two-hour episode. But right. there is some humor in it, too, which I think is really needed. Um, yeah, I just, I honestly, the, I, it's hard to say that a movie is perfect. You know what I mean? There's always a yeah. few elements. Um, I kind of wish that the... Uh, I kind of wish that the prom scene, the horror part of it was longer, mm -hmm. like more spelled out. I know it's like we see we see a lot of destruction, but I feel like we don't get to see as much of the destruction as we could have. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like what happened um, in the in the uh, oh, God, in the movie we um, we talked about last week, Ma. Mm -hmm. Um it's, they have similar elements um, for sure. They're both like getting revenge on bullies after having been the subject of a traumatic bullying incident. Um, but it's sort of like the same thing, like where we wait a long time to get to the, you know, to the main course of the destruction and, you know, and the vengeance itself. But when it comes, we don't get enough of it because we've spent a lot of time building on the backstory, which I don't think is a bad thing in the case of Carrie. It doesn't feel clunky. It feels more just like you're really living those days out with the characters, like kind of like you're there. That's how I always felt. Like I'm kind of there with the characters and I'm living out these days. And um, so I just kind of, just my personal thing, I just wish we would have gotten more. If that scene could have been longer in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I give it a five. Um, and in terms of the tattoo, you know, I have, um, you're so psychic because I have been at many a tattoo parlor and considered heavily considered getting a, a carry tattoo. Um, I haven't to date. And I think that's just because like, um, well, two things. Okay. One, I sort of have a carry related tattoo, but I, I just haven't gotten like an actual tattoo. I, I would get her, her, um, silhouette, you know, like with her, you know, when she's just, cause she's so like, it's, you just know, it's her with the hair coming down and her hands like at her sides, kind of her hands are kind of like pointing up almost as up as they can go. And she's just walking with those bug eyes. I would get something like that, but like very basic. Um, I just haven't because I feel like this movie carries a lot of pain. It has a lot of pain in it. And while a lot of the movies that we, we talk about Jeff do, and I think that to me anyway, that's one of the reasons why I love horror movies so much is because they stand up to pain and they, they reflect it. And they're like, this is, this is what pain is. This is what trauma is. And, and I'm here for it and I can stand up to it and I've lived through it. And in some of the, my favorite movies, they even get back at it. You know, um, this is kind of a, this is a very special movie and it, it holds so much pain and she, even in her trying to expel the pain from herself and get her mind back, she can't do it. She, all she wants is her mama at the end. Like she was just like, mama, please hold me. And it just breaks your heart, you know? she didn't get any relief from murdering her whole high school. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of have thought of that and have thought that maybe I don't want that reminder on me. 
But I do have, which is the last little thing I'll say, I do have a pretty big tattoo of the cover of the band Hole, of uh, their second album, Live Through This. Um, and it says Doll Heart, which is a um, portion of a lyric from their song Doll Parts. But their song Miss World was directed by a photographer and um, video music director named Sophie Muller. She's British. And she, this was 1994. She directed Hole's video for Miss World. And the whole, the entire video is based on the the prom scene and Carrie. So it's really beautiful. Um, and Courtney Love plays like, you know, the girl who's, you know, being awarded prom queen. Um, it's a really, it's a really great video. It's really, um, it is creative. It's beautiful. It fits the song perfectly. I would highly recommend, uh, you can watch it on YouTube or on Apple music. It's called Miss World by Hole. And, um, I actually added it to the Wikipedia entry today for Carrie the movie because it's like, um, or Carrie the book because it was like asking, it, it said, you know, like cultural influences or whatever. And so I went ahead and added the information for the whole video because it's it's kind of necessary. So yeah, so I kind of have a Carrie uh, related, Carrie adjacent um, tattoo on me. And that's, that's pretty much, that's good enough, I think. Awesome. Jeff, I had the best time talking with you about this movie, this movie, which means so much to me. And I know that it's a movie that you love also. Yes. Um, so thank you, my brother, for for having this um, conversation. And I hope that you and your family have a wonderful holiday weekend. And to all of our listeners, I hope that we both hope that you guys are enjoying your holiday weekend and that you go see Carrie. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, please go watch it. It's intense. Just be warned. But right. it's beautiful. So it's worth it. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks again. And we'll see you next week for more chit chat on horror. Thanks so much for listening. Peace out. <laughs> Game over.